Hello beautiful people, it's your girl Deborah Moba and welcome to Diary of a Christian Woman, a platform where women are allowed to be vulnerable without second guessing. We believe in intimacy, transparency and vulnerability. So let's get started. Hello, hello, hello beautiful people and welcome to season four of Diary of a Christian Woman. Now, if you haven't been following us on Instagram, you need to go and hit that follow button. But we are now in season four and season four is all about love, sex and relationships. That's right, you guessed it. We're going to be spilling all the tea with special guests, your dilemmas and of course my diary entries. Sit back, relax and get ready to turn up the heat. Today I have the amazing and talented individual in front of me. This is a Zoom podcast by the way guys because you know covid um (laughs) but today i have my amazing mentor sometimes amazing sometimes annoying sometimes (laughs) difficult sometimes frustrating but she's still great and god still loves her and i still love her i have nadine guy in front of me (laughs) hi everybody wow deborah that was quite an introduction i have to be honest all i can say is um i learned from my spiritual covering who taught me that a mentor is also a tormentor. So what can I say? All props. Season four is about sex, love and relationships. So why not have my amazing mentor who has been married for 12, 13 years? How many years? 13 years, November. It will be 13 years in November for 13 years and four beautiful, gorgeous, Yo, if you see, if I, you guys, listen, if I show you my nieces and my nephew, yeah, buff babes, physically, spiritually, all over, buff children. But yes, but why not have my amazing mentor who's been married for 13 years on the podcast and let's talk about the misconception of marriage in the 21st century. There's been a lot of misconception of, of marriage in the 21st century, especially in the Christian community. But before we actually get into that, how has being married for 13 years been for you, Nadine? Do you know what? It's it's been great. I mean, married love is a choice. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. every day you have to choose to love, you have to choose to forgive, um, and you have to choose to speak life to your spouse. And I think over the last thirteen years, I can honestly say I have grown. Um, I think I've told you many times my prayers when I first started was God, please, I beg you get him otherwise you're gonna find him buried in the back garden (laughs) then my prayers moved to help me to be better help Mm. me to be a better help me help me to be a better person help me to change and to steward as a wife and now it's god bless the work of his hands let everything he does bear fruit bless him cover him um so yeah, so your your prayers will evolve. You'll see your your own growth through your prayers, the kind of prayers that you're praying. Oh wow! So the thirteen years has been it's been amazing. I have an amazing husband. Oh, that's okay. We love love. We love it. We love it. We love it. Be married for thirteen years. Also, I'm happy to know that it has been great. But what has been the challenges surrounding it as well? I think the main challenge is. I think I'm sure many people would agree. It's always other people. Mm. Um, people allow too many of us allow other people's opinion into our relationships mm-hmm. and into our marriage. Mm-hmm. It's important to have 
um, someone that covers you or a couple that covers you or um, that you're accountable to. That's mm-hmm. always important because you're always going to need somebody who will be Switzerland in your life, mm-hmm. who won't take sides, but will give you the heart of God. Mm-hmm. What is God saying about this relationship? What is God saying to you at this moment? Um, so that's always important. So I think the hardest thing Mm. It's always not going outside of the marriage. It's always making sure that whenever, especially in the beginning, when your husband upsets you, because, listen, the little things upset you. <laughs> I'm not gonna, let's be real here, okay? When you're trying to clean up the house and you walk in and there's socks in the middle of the floor. Mm-hmm. What? Grace. I've just Ubered. Grace. <laughs> oh, you go, you go and clean up the whole kitchen and they've made the sandwich and there's breadcrumbs everywhere. <laughs> I mean, those little things mm. in the beginning look like big things, but the hardest times are the challenges that you face together. Mm. Let me rephrase that. The hardest times are the challenges that you face, but they're made easier when you face them together. Oh, I like that one. That's a word. Deep it, guys. Deep it. (laughs) I mean, you know already, Deborah, Dwight and I have had our challenges, especially like we've had three miscarriages. Mm. And although those times are really hard, Mm. um, in those moments, my husband understood where I was and was able to lift me up Mm. and that's what the bible teaches us that Mm. they lift you up you will lift each other up when one is weak you are strong Mm. when the other is weak you're strong um and that's what he did but i also had to remember even in the midst of what i was going through that he's always also going through something as well yeah i had to make sure that i was also there for him so we were there for each other in that moment and in those times um so marriage in itself is hard Mm. but it's a decision that you make every day yeah. to stay connected, to stay loving, to stay honest and yeah. open with one another. Yeah. Not allow other people to um, come in with their pennyworth that really don't have no business being there. Cool. The only people that should have uh, input in your marriage is God, obviously, yeah. and somebody who you are accountable to. Mm. as a couple it's important you need that you need someone outside of your marriage that can give you a clear perspective mm. there's so many people that no we don't need anyone it's just us you know bonnie and clyde me against the world what <laughs> <laughs> it's Yo. like this is not this, this is not gonna work for you bonnie yeah. and clyde died by the way so. it's, it's fine it's true <laughs> It's true. Do you like, really want to be speaking that over your relationship? We want, we want life in this life. <laughs> we want yeah, life well. in marriage. So I think it's important that you have people that you're accountable to, that you can always call on when you're going through, that will give you a clear perspective and God's perspective. Mm. Because sometimes you don't see it. When you're in it, you don't see it. Mm-hmm. There's times I've gone to um, my spiritual covering or our spiritual covering and I'm being sure they're going to be on my side. They're going to say to me, Nadine, I hear you. Mm-hmm. This is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. They'll, they'll give me a lens. They'll show me a mirror and say, okay, did you did you do this? And did you mm-hmm. do that? And sometimes it cuts me deep. I'm like, oh, my twist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, 
I think there was one time I was like, I'm really trying to talk to Dwight about some stuff and he's just not listening to me. He's not mm, hearing me. Mm. And I don't know what to do about it because I'm really trying. And literally, our spiritual covering said, have you prayed? When was the last time you prayed for him? Oh my God, I hate that. Deborah, I hate, I hate, I, I hate fallen, it. I could have fallen over because the wickedest thing is, you know, I do a lot of ministry. So I'm praying for other people all the time. Fam. So I'm doing something and it really hit me because at no point had I stopped to pray for my husband. So when she said, when was the last time? I had to deep it. I was like, Bruh. like it wasn't weeks, people. It wasn't weeks. We're talking months to pray for my husband. And she looked at me and she goes, mm-hmm. And she said, so you're trying to get access to something that you haven't paid for. I was Goodbye. like, oh, my chest. Try and know, they live 40 minutes from my house, that whole 40 minutes I was praying for my husband. Jesus. God showed me some stuff that he was going through. God mm. showed me some stuff that was attacking him, some areas. Wow. So I went in on prayer. And then when I got home, yeah, I, I, um, I told him I was sorry. And we actually sat down and we had a good conversation. That's Love, why it's man. So Love is such a beautiful <laughs> thing. Jesus. But yeah, it is so important yeah. to have outside of you that you're accountable to that will mm. give you a godly perspective. I agree with that whole hundred, 100% wholeheartedly. Um, so looking at looking um, at the main topic today, which is the misconception of marriage, would you say that the definition of marriage has changed over time? The definition of marriage hasn't changed. It's always been the same. Mm-hmm. But the concept, the conception of marriage the preconception of mm. marriage has changed how do you say so? the intentions of marriage has changed mm-hmm. i think it's one thing i always um say to couples is um before you go into marriage you have to change your perception your preconception which is culture the influences are always culture society tradition mm. Before you enter into marriage, it's important to have to strip that away. When you take, if you try and take that into your marriage, so let's say, for instance, the person you're marrying is of a different culture to you. You're taking your culture, you're taking your traditions from your house. Your partner is also doing the same thing. And then you've got society with their foolishness. Society sells you a lie, okay? Mm -hmm. When you say, I do, it's not fluffy white clouds and chirping birds, Mm -hmm. okay? It's not, ah, it's not. (laughs) It's not Snow White, it's Cinderella. (laughs) It's not. It's not. You guys, please, we need to stop this. It's true. That's when the work begins. The moment you say, I do, it's, you're saying, I'm going to be committed to working every day yeah. at this relationship. Yeah, yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah. So when you decide, so your partner, both of you have these influences that are in, that you want to bring into your marriage. Mm. So it means already, you're already fighting. Mm. Because you both have this preconception of, yeah, but in my house, this is what we did as a tradition. Mm. This is my culture, my house. But then you come under the submission of your husband. Mm. So then you're already disgruntled because your husband's saying, well, this is what we're going to do. Because, you know, I am man, I run things. So those things, it's important for those things to be stripped away Mm. and you create your own culture in your own house 
not according to your parents, mm. not according to your country, not according to lifestyle, not according to society, but according to you and your house. Mm. As for me and my house, we serve the Lord. So what would you say to people, especially females, who who want to be married, who wants a guy to lead them, but they don't want to be led at the same time? So you know, like society, right now, we are in a day and age where, good on you, strong women, independent, yep, the whole like Destiny's Child movement, literally, which is great, phenomenal. I'm loving the whole vibe of women doing their own thing. Amazing. Because we're in that kind of society right now, you can see how women want to be led in a relationship, but they don't want to be led at the same time. So what do you say to females like that? What do you even, for me personally, because I'm in kind of in that position as well myself, to be fair. Like You shouldn't be. The conversations we've had, I don't know what. (laughs) (laughs) I want someone to lead me, but I'm so independent and I'm figuring out my own journey. How does a woman, how does a young girl transition from being her own leader into letting her partner lead? Um, I think it's it's a mindset shift. Coming from someone, so I'll talk about me. I was someone, I've worked since I was 16. From someone who has worked all that time, and I then got pregnant with my eldest daughter and I was made redundant and my husband became the sole earner. Mm. And I actually never went back to work mm. because my husband preferred me. He never said it. But I knew he preferred me to be at home with the kids. Mm. So my thing was to set up my own business. And Mm. that was how I would get my independence. So I had to change my mindset because my example in my family, I have very strong females in my family. Almost to the point where if their husbands didn't do something like simple, like put up a shelf, they'd do it. In some ways they submitted and in a lot of ways they didn't. So I had to shift my mindset to say, okay, if I want my marriage to work and I want to show the respect and love to my husband as I should Mm. as a good woman, I have to shift my mindset and Mm. I have to understand me submitting to my husband doesn't mean that I'm losing myself. It doesn't mean that I'm taking away my independence Mm. what it means is i'm giving him the final say in my relationship and i'm saying okay babes i'm not taking away my voice i'm saying i still have a voice but he has the final say and that for me had to be okay Mm. because i had to look at it practically okay what does it look like when you are at work you have your manager Mm. and and you're assisting your manager Mm. right it's the same thing the same thing in a marriage yeah you're assisting your husband and your husband is the manager yeah he has the final say so if i can go to work and i can say to my boss look i had this really great idea and i think it would change the way we do things and my manager said "Hmm, okay maybe not i don't think we can do it this way yet I'll have to stay okay. Mm. I can't kick off in the workplace because they'll kick me out. Mm. It's the same in my marriage. Mm. If we want to look at it from a biblical point of view, marriage is a reflection of the body of Christ. It is a perfect reflection of the body of Christ. 
facts. You have to die to self when you're married. Yo, bruv. <laughs> it's not all, I'm sorry, guys, I'm sorry. It's not all about you. Yo. It's all about your spouse. Whether you're a man or woman, it is all about the other person. Yeah, it's it no longer about you. You have to die to self. Really the do. same way in the body of Christ, you die to self. Your husband has to love his wife the way Christ loved the church. Mm. Did Christ not die for the church? So it means your husband will die for you. Mm -hmm. It also means that as wives, we have to be there to serve. Mm. Now, when I say serve, because people question, yeah, thing. people always have a negative connotation when it comes to submitting and serving. I mean, I don't understand. Like, it. what's your definition? Of, like, how do you see serving and submitting? Because obviously, everyone's relationship will obviously be different. But, you know, biblically, it says, wife, submit unto your husbands. You know, husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. But there's always the negative. When it comes to submitting, people always see the negative of it. They do. Why? I think the problem with that is, is because the fact is submission doesn't mean dominate. Let's get that Sub clear. <laughs> yeah. Submission does not mean um, that you will be dominated. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. Um, what submission means is that I'm going to come under, I'm, I'm going to come under my husband's vision, mission for our family. It means that he is going to treat me in a way that I will be happy to do whatever he needs mm. to meet his needs, mm. to be his help meet. Mm. That's what it is. That's what it looks like. So it means that if I am happy, if he's treating me well and he says, babe, can you go iron my shirt for me? I'm just, I just need to sort myself out. I'm going to be like, okay, cool, no problem. Mm. Because my love cup runneth over. <laughs> but if he's, if he's always talking bad to me, treating me badly, I'm going to be hesitant. I'm yeah. going to be a bit bitter about what you want me to iron your shirt. Why can't you iron your own shirt? Mm. My heart posture is wrong. Mm. But I'm doing this not because I'm doing this because I want to sow into my marriage. Yeah. I want to sow and impart into my husband. Yeah. So it means that even if he's treating me badly that particular day, what is he going through? Mm -hmm. What can I do to help lift him up? What can I do to help to help him have a better day? Yeah. I'm going to sow into my marriage and you always see a reward mm. it's reaping and sowing you what you reap is what you sow so it's when you're take. if you're one of those women that are like nah I'm not going to do that I'm going to do battle by myself and all that rubbish <laughs> <laughs> yo that is what you begin to reap oh my gosh Nadine if that's what you're sowing that's what you're going to begin to reap Nadine hates it when I say I want to live the baby girl lifestyle she's like listen She's like, Guys, shut up. Is it? I want to slap her because. want to be a baby girl. Baby girl lifestyle. Do you know what that means? It means that you have no responsibility yep. and you don't want any. Yep. It also means that you want someone to look after you, but you still want to be able to do whatever it is you want to do. It's a contradiction of terms. Jesus. And it means that you're no longer, you're not an adult. God. Okay. You need adults in this lifetime. You can't be a child and want to get married. Yeah. 
you have to be grown up to get married. Speak you it. can't say to me, I'm a baby girl, but I want you to put a ring on it. Speak it doesn't it. work. It's true. Because you see that if you want a man to marry you, a man, Jesus. he's not going to put up with childish behavior. <laughs> He's not when you want to throw your dollies out the pram and storm off. No man is gonna chase after you. Jesus. A little boy will. A little boy will chase after you, but no man is gonna chase after you. They're gonna leave you, let you do what you're doing, and when you're ready to come back and be an adult about things, they're there to listen. The deed came for everyone's neck. My neck is currently hanging off my shoulders right now. <laughs> Literally. Wow. Right now we see so many young girls and I say girls, I don't say women, young girls looking forward to marriage, getting married when in their minds, they're still children. It doesn't even matter if you're 30, 40, 20, 25, you're still like, your mindset is different to how you look physically. And I don't know why there's this, there's this huge notion on getting married young. For everyone that's been tuning into Diary of a Christian Woman since season one, season one, you know, if you haven't gathered already, I mean, personally, I went through a very, very, not very, very rough, but a rough breakup in 2020. I was forced to end an engagement. Obviously, at that time in my head, I was 25. I was like, what? I'm 25. I need to get married. Like, I'm getting older. Like, why? Like, I should be married by a certain age. There's already like the, the misconception of society of, of what society tells us regarding marriage when it, when you're like in your twenties. People tell you, yeah, get married young, have your kids young, do all of that young. So in my head, I'm like, this marriage is this like relationship is over. What am I gonna do? I'm gonna be 26. The dean was there. The dean, I was like, the dean, I'm not married yet. Like I want to have kids as well. Like I don't know what's going. Why has society trained us all into thinking? getting married young is the way forward why is that because christian people have allowed society to dictate their narrative Ooh. instead of allowing god to oh okay if you allow god to dictate your narrative it's it's no longer pressure mm. that oh my gosh i'm this age i need listen if you read in the book of genesis these men like enoch noah they had their first child at was it nine hundred? The age of nine hundred and something, <laughs> eight hundred and five. They're having their first child. Excuse me. Who's giving birth at that age? <laughs> Who's giving really, really, really giving birth at that age? Yeah. Like, but don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying is, you're there's an unnecessary pressure that you mm. put on yourself because you're listening to society. Yeah. You've bought into what society is telling you when really and truly you're the person that you should be listening to is God. Mm. Because God is a person that directs your path. Mm. The path of a righteous man is directed by the Lord. So it means that if you if you want to be led into the right person for you and into the right, onto the right path for you, then you have to be in Christ. Yeah, it's important. So when you're not, and you're allowing society to, society blows with the wind. Mm. A couple of years ago, society was saying, "Yeah, it's all about it's all about being forty. Don't get married until you're thirty. Mm. Make sure you have a career first, mm. then have children." That was the the narrative back then. Mm. So it blows with the wind. There's no stability in society. How would you advise young girls to be stable when it comes to their walk with Christ and trying to... There's there's so much pressure on women as it is already. Tradition, society and culture. How do you then advise one, especially someone who's very young, someone who's new to the faith, 
to be stable in their walk with Christ and kind of like block out the loud noises from the world? First, know Christ. Mm. Build your intimate relationship with Christ first. Mm. If you're unable to be intimate with Christ, you're not going to be able to do it with your husband. It's a reflection. The body of Christ is a reflection of marriage. Mm. So you have to be able to be vulnerable with Christ before you can be vulnerable with your husband. Mm. If you can be vulnerable with Christ, you'll be able to do it with your husband. Mm. So it's important to build that intimate relationship. What does that look like? Speaking to God on a daily basis, getting to know who you are in him and who he is in you, how he uses you, how he talks to you, how you flow, everything about who you are in him. Mm. Build your identity. Find your identity in Christ first. Yeah. Love yourself first. Yeah. Because finding your identity in Christ means that you start to, you know that you love yourself. You begin to love yourself yeah. and, know, and know whose you belong to. Yeah. But then you know your worth. So you know what you're going to put up with and what you're not going to put up with. Mm. Build in Christ Jesus first. Mm. And then your marriage will come. Do you think there's such there's such a thing of the will, the quote unquote, the will of God? Do you think those that exist? 100%. Mm-hmm. I, I believe it. Like, I mean, God's will will always triumph. Mm. Once you, have, let me correct myself. Once you have allowed God in mm. to your life, his will will always overcome you. Mm. Always. If you haven't, then you get to say, well, you know, I get to choose. You get to have this wishy-washy <laughs> perspective of... <laughs> the dean's you know, tired of these people. The dean is over it. <laughs> you, let me be real with you. The thing is, is that Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. So it means he's not going to come into your life unless you allow him to. And that's any area, whether it's finances, love, um, career, whatever it is. Mm. He's not going to come in unless you allow him in. Mm. So it means there are some people out there that have only allowed Christ into one area. Mm. And that is where he fully operates, but whoa, don't touch my finances. No, 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 no. I'm a hustler. I'm going to get this done myself. So you get it done on your own steam. Then you have a prophet that comes to you and says, this is where God wants to take you. Hi, I feel she's very shamed. (laughs) And then you get get disappointed because Mm. you've got that word you haven't prayed into it. You've just left it there. And you said, no, Jesus, God is going to do this in my life. But you haven't prayed into it. It's an area that you haven't even allowed him into. It's an area that you haven't even consulted him on. But then you've got the audacity to get upset when nothing happens. And then blame God for it. We have to get to a place where we allow God to operate in our life in its full, in his fullness. Mm. In the fullness thereof. Mm. And not just half-heartedly, I'm with God, kind of, almost. But... I'm still a baby girl. I want to live a baby girl lifestyle. Okay, cool. You've allowed you've allowed God into your life. What are you expecting to hear? People have this notion that you're expecting to hear this guy is for you and he is the <laughs> one. Or I don't know, something like extravaganza or extravaganza, extravagant and you know, big and bold. So like how does how does one hear? Okay, so hearing God. It all depends on your relationship with him. Mm-hmm. It all comes out of your relationship and intimacy with God. Yeah. So, but everybody can hear the voice of God. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. 
the Bible says, you know, he'll pour out his um he'll pour out his spirit on all flesh and all will prophesy. Yeah. Which means he has given everybody the gift to hear him. Yeah. So it's about you building your relationship. My relationship with Christ is different with you to your relationship. Mm. Yeah. Like it's all about how you build with him. Um I can't say to you that, yeah, you're going to hear the audible voice of God because you might not. (laughs) Sometimes it's an impression, like Mm. a pushing in your spirit. Sometimes it might be a dream um, that please pray into. Don't just take the dream at face value, people. It's it's not. That's not what you do. Um, It could be that um, God gives you a vision and no, God will never give you a vision about another married person. Okay. All this, I um, saw you, and God told me you are my husband, and that person <laughs> and has been married for like ten married. years, and they have kids. Stop it now! It needs to stop. What? Like, no. What advice would you give to someone who? Because talk about the misconception of marriage, you know, obviously society teaches us one thing about marriage and then people who go through a serious breakup also kind of switch off from the idea of getting married. So what would you say to someone who's gone through like a serious breakup or someone who's had a series of bad relationships and they just don't, they already have this negative notion of marriage, of the future of marriage? What advice would you give to them? What would you tell them to do? First of all, I tell them to join um, our class I'm not your enemy <laughs> area it's really good like, guys and shameless plug um but on a serious note healing mm. you need to heal mm. you need you need to get to the root of all those issues mm. and uproot them um I'm a big fan of healing yeah. I'm a big fan of counseling um I think godly counseling is always the way to go mm. um because I believe that um, God touches areas that someone who is who is not in Christ cannot touch, mm. um, and He can uproot things and give you healing in a way that someone who has not known Christ cannot. So I think it's important to get healed. I'm not saying go through deliverance because sometimes. Yeah, there's different types of deliverance yeah. and there's a negative connotation to deliverance anyway. Yeah. Um, but what I'm saying is is to get healing, true healing. Go to your pastor or um, your mentor or whoever it is or join Not Your Enemy mm-hmm. and um, get healing. Yeah. It's important. Uproot those issues. Find out what the cause of it is. Yeah. And also to... Um, reach a place where you're able to discuss men without being disgusted no wait pause what <laughs> what that was deep that was deep the thing is is when you get hurt it deep. leaves a residue it does. on the inside of you and even though you want to change you want things to change you want to move forward with life mm. You have to go through that healing process. You have to go through that uprooting. And the fact of the matter is, is if you don't, you carry it through to every relationship and you become bitter. Mm. And then you start to build up walls and barriers. You can't have a relationship if you have barriers. Mm. A relationship is to is supposed to be open. As I said, it's a reflection of the body of Christ. So you have to be able to be open with God the same way you have to be open with your partner. There shouldn't be a place in your heart that your partner 
doesn't get to you. Dwight has seen me at my very worst. Mm. He knew me before I was saved. Before I knew Christ, Dwight knew me. So he knew me when I was smoking fag. He knew me when I was rolling around on the road. He (laughs) knew me when I was drinking. He knew me when I was in a club. He knew me. Mm. Mm. So when I got saved and things changed, he still knew me. Mm. He's seen me ugly cry. He's seen me vex. My husband knows me. Mm. There is no area like I don't put on makeup before I get up in the morning. Mm. He knows. He knows me, mm. and that's important. You you cannot enter a relationship without knowing each other mm. and being accepting of one another. Because that's another thing. People try and change one another in a relationship, Mm. especially at the start of marriage, try and change each other. So it's about being accepting of one another. But you first and foremost have to heal and get to a place where you're not painting every man with the same brush that that one man hurt you with. So you set that standard. That man that hurt you, disgraced you, that man that kicked you up, whatever it is, Mm. you set the standard and said, right, this is my bar. So every man that comes and says something that's even similar triggers you to think, oh, they're just like them. Tell me why a man that has hurt you so deeply, you would set a bar, set him as the standard for every other relationship. It's not worth it. Actually, it's not worth it. There's no point. You're just damaging yourself and self-sabotaging your own happiness at the end of the day. Exactly. So heal, get over, heal, overcome it, learn from it, understand who you are Mm. so that no, at no time is some digger, digger little boy going to be able to come to you again Mm. and do that. Mm. It's important, but you first have to go through that process of healing. Mm. And it's a process that many people run from. If you could change three misconceptions about marriage, what would they be? Three misconceptions about marriage. Mm. You're equal. You're not equal, but it is a partnership. There's a difference. Equality and partnership are two different things. Come on. Learn the difference. Come on. Um, Also that um, your culture and traditions do not dictate your marriage. Mm. Um, If you're saying that you're you love God and you're a Christian, then God dictates your marriage, yeah. not culture and tradition. Yep. And another one would be um, you can't change your spouse. Ooh. Okay. Explain that one. And it's also not your job to change your spouse. It's true. It's not your job. That's not your project. This is not university. No. <laughs> your, your job is to work on you. And in working on you, your spouse will also change. Yeah, that's a word. That is a... Ah! Nadine Guy. Thank you so much for coming on today's podcast, um, Nadine. Shout out to Deborah Maraba. Hi! She is amazing. She has handled um, what happened to her with so much... Uh, class and dignity and I'm very proud of you for that Um, having someone having someone profess their love and then pull the plug yeah I think you've handled it so well well done thank you so much Um, so yeah shout out to you shout out to this podcast (laughs) 
It's truly been an honour and a pleasure to be on here. And I want to shout out my husband. Come on. Thank you for all that you've done for me. Seriously, this guy has supported me, encouraged me, and he is a very present father um, to our children. Um, He has a relationship with each and every one of them. Mm. And he is also somebody that builds with others. Um, many people um, he ha- he pours into on a daily basis. Mm. I don't think people actually see or give him the recognition that he deserves. Mm. He is amazing, and mm. I'm so grateful to you, Dwight Guy. Not your enemy. Yeah, we're coming soon for singles, married people, those that want to be married. We're just setting up the program. Yeah, I've done it, guys. Speak. It's amazing. It's really, really, really good. We speak about some. Serious, serious somethings. Serious somethings, for real. Yeah, so Dwight takes the women, the men, and I take the women. Yeah. Um, and we have an online discussion based on topics and homework that's been completed. Um, yeah, and we, we get real. Mm-hmm. And we talk honestly based on biblical principles. So mm. don't come if you, if you haven't read your Bible. <laughs> you're, you're, going to, you're going to pick it up it's true and have to read it it's true because we we base it on the bible so yeah and we also do marriage count uh, people counseling for those that want to get married as well mm-hmm. so yeah i also am a hr manager guys so if you are a small business micro business or even a large business and you would like hr help I am here for it. And also the here is uh, our new baby. It's a city transformation group. And we basically, our our vision is to equip everyone to hear and operate with the Holy Spirit. So hear the Holy Spirit and operate with the Holy Spirit and break down Christianese. Like we want to break down all that Christianese that everybody says, but um, few people have any meaning to. Yeah. We want to break it down for you. We also want to see everybody restored back to Christ. Thank you, everybody, again. And I shall speak to you next week. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. You can catch us on Instagram at underscore Diary of a Christian Woman. Or you can follow my personal page at Deborah Mobar. You can even drop us an email at info at Speak to you guys soon. Bye.